0: The Everybody doing. My name is Christian Wagner, and I'm the militant Thomist. So this is supposed to be our daily patron stream, but what I've decided to start doing is at least one day a week I am going to just give out one of the patron streams for for free to so you guys kind of know how things go around here. Uh get a, b- a bit of an advertisement. Uh, I hope you guys you guys suffer with that for for an extra free video. But just really briefly, um, if you want to get access to these videos, you can either go to patreon.com slash militant Thomist, or you can go to subscribestar.com slash militant-tomist. And we have a few tiers now. I just introduced tiers, so uh, really it's the the new people coming in. Although, if you're an old person, you can just uh, message me and... and uh, Get your extra benefits if you want. But first you have Baby Thomist. Uh, and this is just same thing as classic Patreon. What I used to give YouTube videos, PDFs, Discord chats, and bonus articles. And there's Radical Numenite, So you get all that stuff. And then you also get free annotated Thomist articles. So if, you, uh, if you're if already a patron, uh, want to get access to the annotated Thomist articles, then uh, you can bundle that up nice in the, in the Radical Numenite tier. Then you have the other Paul's greatest nightmare. So you get everything from above, and you also get a article slash video topic uh, that you can demand of me, and I do mean demand. So it might not be good, but uh, whatever whatever you want me to research and uh, produce content on, I will I will oblige. Then you have the Gigatomist. So everything above, and then also uh, private call with um, whatever you want to talk about. And then last is the impossible tier. And I do, did name it that because I would be utterly shocked if anybody actually actually did that. So you get um, I also do tutoring, so I would give you one tutoring session each week, which makes up for the value in itself, and then everything um above. So it's kind of just a bundling of literally everything I do in, in that one. So that is all and now now that all of you have left i will, i will get on to the get on to the topic okay so i labeled this kind of weird um, most people wouldn't expect this the metaphysical uh, argument for the papacy uh, i labeled it that because i kind of hate i kind of uh, i kind of hate like every single um, video arguing for the papacy every single one of them I don't know. I just, it, it, they just, they just try to prove too much, you know, it's, and, and usually it's just cringe, like memorized proof text that everybody is, uh, everybody's heard before. I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm not a, not a huge fan, but now this one, now this one's interesting. Never heard this one before. So I like to, I, I think scholasticism truly has a, a beautiful ability to convince because it shows the, the fittingness of the order of things, rather than some, like, lame sort of back and forth when it comes to proof texts. So the the general argument uh, for the papacy, and this is laid out by uh, St. Thomas Aquinas in Summa Contra Gentile's Book 4, Chapter 72. If I'm remembering correctly off the top of my head. And uh, this is taken and picked up by St. Robert Bellarmine, and then he expands it with, um, with patristic quotations, quotations from the... Um, from the philosophers and everything like that in order to bolster this. But the general argument is this. So Christ would give to his church the most fitting government, which is possible, the the best form of human government. And then the minor premise would be the best form of human government is a monarchy. And then the conclusion, therefore, Christ gave to his church a monarchy. And then continuing on from that, um, uh, the it would, it would go on to start proving that the papacy fulfills that, that we couldn't claim the, um, the invisible reign of Christ as fulfilling the monarchial government. Because that's just not how Christ works through any of his uh, ministry in the church. He always works through corporeal, invisible means. So even though we can say he is the principal monarch, he has a vicar. But it's really I want to focus on that minor premise right there is i think the fact that monarchy is the best form of government can be shown from the from the nature of things that if you look at the way in which uh goodness and unity work that you're inevitably going to be led to a monarchial and uh a monarchial system whether it's anything from the family with the obviously with the father as the head of the family to a, to a certain corporation when it comes to uh, having, having CEOs, to governments having kings, to, uh, to parishes having a, uh, a pastor who's in charge, to dioceses having bishops, to the entire church having a pope. It is, it is really um, very clear to almost everybody when it comes to uh, natural law that monarchy is superior. It's just people are in denial. Um, really fighting against themselves. Okay, so now metaphysical argument, I promised it to you, so here it's going to be. And it is from um, Prima Pars, question 103, article three. And the question he is answering is going to be whether the world is governed by one. So this is really going to be proving the the monarchy of God as fitting. But the justification he gives does apply to the question at hand. So I answer that we must of necessity say that the world is governed by one for since the end of the government of the world is that which is essentially good. uh, Which is the greatest good. The government of the world must be the best kind of government. So, again, we can we, we can still have this for the church. So the end of the the, the perfect society that uh, that is the church is actually our supernatural good, which is the greatest good. So we're going to have to investigate uh, into the nature of goodness. What is goodness? How does goodness relate to uh, other properties of being? And I'm going to get into that, uh, kind of explain the metaphysics which is going on uh, in, in St. Thomas' thought here. Now, the best government is the government by one. And then uh, he just assumes that, but he's going to give a reason now. This is really good. So the reason of this is that government is nothing but the directing of the things governed to the end, which consists in some good. So, again, essentially good. But unity belongs to the idea of goodness, as Boethius proves. From this, that as all desire good, so do all desire unity, without which they would cease to exist. Okay, stop right here. So what the heck is he talking about, Um talking about goodness and talking about unity and all this I'm sure all of you are aware of the um, of the so-called three transcendentals there actually aren't three and uh, but most people list truth goodness and beauty beauty isn't even a, a transcendental but it's actually uh, thisness and unity which are um, which are the other two so they're actually uh, four uh, transcendentals but all transcendental means is that Insofar as something has being, that is, insofar as something exists uh, actually with a uh, with a certain essence, insofar as something has being, something is true, um, something is good, and something is this, and then something is um, other, and something has unity. So that that that's uh, those are actually the five transcendentals. So so what that means is um, when it comes to God as self-subsisting being, he is self-subsisting truth and self-subsisting goodness. Uh, being is convertible with these other ideas because you can't say that something, uh, for example, is and is false. Like that, that thing exists and it's actually false. Like, no, no, no. It's falsity is due to the lack of being. Due to a certain privation of being. That's why you'll get into the fact that falsehood actually doesn't exist in reality. And actually uh, evil doesn't exist. But it's only a privation and corruption of the good. And so on and so forth. But another one of these transcendentals, uh, as I listed earlier, is unity. So something insofar as it is good, insofar as it is being, insofar as it is true, is also unified into a singular thing. There can't be this uh, sort of schism and separation um, and then say something is good, something is true and something is unified that 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 doesn't um, primarily exist together. The, the ideas are are convertible. So what does what, what, what in the world does this have to do with the papacy? Well, he's going to after this go on with it, because um, we can objectively say that a government which is unified is objectively good and is objectively true. So in that a government lacks unity, so so does it lack goodness and so does it lack truth. So that that is a bit of a metaphysical backing. These unity is what's called transcendental. Okay, so let's continue to go from unity to, um, to a single head. For a thing so far as it exists, uh, so far exists as it is one. Once we observe that things resist division as far as they can, And the dissolution uh, dissolution of a thing arises from defect therein. So uh, disunity arises from defect. Therefore, the intention of ruler over a multitude is unity or peace. So the certain goodness of a certain perfect society has to be unity or peace. Now, the proper cause of unity is one. So unity flows from oneness. Very obvious again. For it is clear that several cannot be the cause of unity or concord, except so far as they are united. This is going to get important. Furthermore, what is one in itself is more apt and better cause of unity than several things united. Therefore, a multitude is better governed by one than by several. So when you have a unity, uh, unity and diversity, lame. uh, I know. So when you have, when you have a certain unity, which comes from multiple leaders, it's going to come insofar as they have a unity of intention and a unity of intention uh, coming together is actually um, is, is really just patterning itself after oneness. So rather than having five people united towards one goal, it's actually just better and more united. To just have one guy towards one goal with four below him, ordering, him to, ordering them towards that one goal. From this, it follows that the government of the world being the best form of government must be by one. This is expressed by the philosopher. Things refuse to be ill-governed, and multiplicity of authorities is a bad thing. Therefore, there should be one ruler. Okay, so that is that is the entire thing. Don't SSPX are dissenters. Interesting, interesting. Most based intro. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay around to see if you guys have any questions. Oh, everybody in the chat is saying they're getting uh they're getting the. The $100 impossible Thomas, right? Aww. So true. Okay, I'm going to give you guys like 30 seconds. So I'm just checking Discord messages right now. Got to multitask. Okay. 10 more seconds. H. Huh. There you go. Okay. No questions. So, oh, oh, there you go. There's one. So this, uh, Uh Sorry, I've been actually sick recently. So I'm actually dying. So this disproves, 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 disproves Eastern Orthodox ecclesiology. So of the nature of this proof, uh, we have to be very careful because this isn't a demonstrative or a... uh, unnecessary argument rather this is an argument from fittingness so this doesn't disprove eastern orthodox ecclesiology in the sense that it is uh now absolutely in, uh, annihilated just debunked um this this is just an argument to show that it's unfitting and everybody knows that from from, from the the very strong lack of lack of unity before everybody's like ma false unity um just, just get out of here uh, every single every single uh, classical uh, political philosopher is going to say that unity is really the, the the purpose of government. For example, Saint Robert Bellarmine he says that um, the purpose of government is that all may think the same. So based reminds me of that one. Uh, what is it like a stupid like TPUSA ad or something dumb like that? And it says like actually uh, it's fascism to want to have everybody think the same. And then he then thought he was super profound because, because the left wants everybody to think the same. And the right, we're, we're about free thinking, aren't we? Like, no, free thinking is dumb. If you're wrong, you're wrong, and you shouldn't be allowed to spread your false opinions. If you're right, you're right, and you should be allowed to spread your false opinion, uh, your true opinions. And uh, it should be... Um, taught to everybody if it's something which is true okay what about when the papal chair is vacant well there's still one ruler the uh the uh, carl car, how do you how do you pronounce that carlomingo carl like the cardinal dude who is Camerlingo. it's Camerlingo, Camerlingo. so the uh the Camerlingo is um, the guy who's in charge during the set of a conte when the chair is empty. Thank you, Camerlingo. Yeah, so there's still a single ruler um, when the papal chair is vacant. Because he's the head of the papal house. Yeah, any source about how long papal chair can be vacant? Contra a, Um I don't think it's a... It's like a hard and fast rule. But certainly we can uh, set some general guidelines, uh, such as the entire hierarchy not falling away. Like that's, a, that's a pretty good general rule. Like, it's the, the funniest uh, set of a contest argument. It's like, actually, like, you guys had, like, three-month three month set of a contest, And actually there was, like, three-year ones. You guys had, like, months where there was no pope. We can have, like, a century with no pope. Like, yes, real. Definitely true. So true. The, the only consistent position for those guys is uh, is to follow Pope Michael. I actually, uh, rest in peace, um, Pope Michael. But uh, Pope Michael's successor, whoever it will be. And I'm not sure they'll ever be um, a successor. Doesn't seem like uh, that's too too likely from some of the Facebook posts that are going on. Okay, well... I'll give you guys another like fifteen seconds, see if there's anything else. Okay. Um. The St. Cyprian of, I'm assuming you meant Carthage, used this argument in on the unity of the Catholic Church. Yes, let me just... Okay, there's... I always the to stay strapped. Yeah, I remember St. Bellarmine mentioned St. Cyprian as one of his sources. When it comes to... Ah, here it is. Among the Latins, St. Cyprian teaches the same thing, and he proves it most eminently from the fact that monarchy should be the best and most natural government, because God is one. Quote, For the divine authority, let us borrow from an earthly example. In what way has an alliance of power ever begun with trust or ended without blood? And This is uh, tracked on the vanity of idols. And then there's another quote. This is going to kill me if I can't find it. I know. Okay. This is going to kill me if I can't find it. I've been debunked. I can't find this. Oh, no. Do I have a... Nope, I can't find... I know he has one. He's talking about, like, birds and bees and... and, uh... And like cranes and stuff like that, I, I swear, I, I remember, I remember reading that. You call me crazy, but I remember reading that. Oh, here it is. Um, oh, that's again on the vanity of idols. There is one king for bees, one leader among flocks, and one rule among lambs. And then it's Saint Jerome that says, "In cranes follow one by the order of the litter." Ah, that's what it is. Okay, so, uh, by the way, I like your video defending the manualist against Timothy Flanders. Good guy, though. Like it very much. I listen to it time to time. Like guys who watch Star Wars more than one. Uh, I'm actually actually coming out with an article uh, for One Peter Five. I still need to finish writing it which is uh, it's a reminder to become a patron so I can write my articles faster. So what is your best argument against Eastern Orthodoxy? Oh, man. Honestly, usually my stuff is just uh, my expertise really isn't in ecclesiology. So and uh, in historical theology, um, obviously, my focus is more so in scholastic theology. But really, um <clears throat> Their view of doctrine of God and of the Trinity is utterly utterly ridiculous and hardly worthy of even a response. Um, like you have uh, some of the, gosh, I can't plug in my computer. There's all my books or my laptop charger. You have some earlier uh, scholastics. And by earlier, I mean uh, earlier than the modern uh, neo-scholastic revival. So like Tridentine era scholastics calling Palamas like an idiot, like literally calls him a stultus in Latin, calls him an idiot. So it's, yeah, it's, like it, it isn't even, a, I don't even understand how it's a question to be honest. Um, like the 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 rhetorical arguments and tricks that the online Orthodox make are just so cheap. It's just not even worth like considering. It's not even worth like using the brain power and uh, the intellectual energy uh, no pun intended, to uh, to even read their arguments. They're so bad when it comes to the doctrine of God, when it comes to um, doctrine of the Trinity. It's just so sad. It's, it's so extremely sad. Uh-oh, just came back to see cringe in the chat. My SSBX is in dissent. Well, all all I know is... Due to the Hawaii case, we know that it is illicit for a bishop to tell the faithful of this diocese to not go to an SSBX Mass. And if you uh, so feel the need to go to an SSBX Mass for your uh, Sunday obligation, you are more than welcome to. And the uh, if your bishop... Can't, um, if your bishop can't tell you not to go to an SSPX Mass, neither can Michael Lofton. So don't worry, guys. You're perfectly fine going to an SSPX Mass. That's where I go. Yes, I disagree with some of the official positions the society takes, but that's fine. They're really great guys. The SSPX have no jurisdiction. Um, so when it comes to uh, that question, uh, we read, uh, for example, in Cardinal Pole. if you read volume one of his um, theolo- um, of his dogmatic theology on the sacraments, what you'll see is that where there is a lack of jurisdiction, um, jurisdiction is supplied. So, for example, uh, we do not regard uh, the schismatic Greeks their um their uh confessions to be invalid because the the church where there is a lack because the sacraments were not made for man uh because the sacraments were made for man not man for the sacraments where there is a certain lack the church will supply the the um the lack it does not fulfill the obligation yes it does if um if a bishop can't tell you um, that it doesn't fulfill the obligation, neither can you. YouTube commenter. Uh, gotta go. Come late. Going to watch later. Based King. I will see you. I mean, have you uh, have you read any of the canonical studies? I, I'm I'm not even like again. I'm not. implies that the bishop or priest have a defect. (laughs) Have you read any of the canonical studies about it? Uh, Again, what uh, if so? So let's 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 say you're let's say you're right. Let's say you're right. So let's pretend that you're right here, Sander. And going to a society mass, I have not been fulfilling my Sunday obligation, I've been in mortal sin, well, something which is objectively uh, a, of grave matter, but uh, I obviously don't have the the, uh, the knowledge to discern, so uh, there's lack of culpability there, but whatever. So I have been uh, gravely sinning, and all of these laymen of the Diocese of Charlotte, which I am a member of, actually I'm a member of the Ordinary Chair of St. Peter, but Uh, All of my fellow uh, Diocese of Charlotte people going to the SSPX uh, chapel I go to have all been gravely sinning by not fulfilling their Sunday obligation. So um, as it happened in Hawaii, the bishop, since you have a bunch of people gravely sinning, excommunicated these laymen. Now, if you have a bunch of laymen who are gravely sinning, And you have a bishop discipline them by excommunicating them. Why would the Holy See say that's wrong? Why? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So you can fulfill your Sunday obligation there. Has your bishop said it was okay to attend it? I haven't met my bishop in person, but if I did meet him, I would bring it up. I asked, um, one of the priests of my diocese, but yeah, I mean, again, most of the, uh, semi, at least semi-Orthodox priests you'll talk to, honestly, they don't really care. Um, none of the priests I've talked to have cared. Uh, it's, it's really just, uh, it's some like schizo online figures who, who really like just flip their lid about. Fulfilling your Sunday obligation at a society chapel. It's, a, it's, it's not a huge deal. Um, I do it. But again, I, I don't take all the society's positions. So it's but I don't see how it's licit for fulfilling your Sunday obligation And uh, with with some of the with some of the reasoning behind it, I guess I guess I'm talking about the SSPX. Hopefully, it doesn't give me too much trouble. It seems like every time anybody mentions that, it people go like absolutely not so on them. But um, so so the local I have two uh, local Nova Sordos near near my house, and then I have the Society Chapel the nearest ordinary, it's like two hours away and they only have mass there once a month. So when I can make it there, I do go there. But so the situation, two Nova Sordos, um and then one society chapel. I tried to go to the closest Nova Sordo and it was just horrendous, like extremely bad. Like I'm not taking like my wife and son there bad. Uh it, it was it definitely would be a because of the accidents of the liturgy again, not, uh, not the Nova sort of itself, but the, the way in which it was celebrated, um, with like, uh, yoga pants, lectors and, and stuff like that. I just, I just couldn't in good conscience, uh, take my family there. I mean, if I had to, you have to, um, you just sit in the back and uh, pray your breviary, uh, still fulfills your Sunday obligation. Um, so that that was that was a situation uh, that I was in, and I decided um, that I could licitly fulfill my Sunday obligation um, somewhere where uh, people actually talk to you. Uh, they have a very thriving community. Um, the mass is celebrated with dignity, and um, yeah, it it was it was a much better choice for my spiritual life and the spiritual life of my family. So that's what I did. Yeah, it was, it was basically, it was basically, it was worse than a clown mass. Uh, it was like, it was very bad. <laughs> I think the video, video title is you have been lied about the SSPX. Uh, do you think going to an Eastern Orthodox liturgy with no other valid masses around you, fulfill the Sunday obligation or what's your biggest issue with the Novus Ordo in principle? Um, I, yes, I, actually, um. Going to a schismatic priest with like no other valid masses in your area. Like if you were like heart of Russia, like 10 hours to um, your nearest Catholic mass and you um, and you are in some sort of grave danger. Um, so, for, for example, uh, you're in danger of death and you need uh, last rites. You get it from an Orthodox priest. That is that is listed. And the church um, allows for that explicitly. Uh, but what is my biggest issue with the Novus Ordo in principle? I, I'm weird. I don't necessarily. Um, I, I'm not necessarily one to dog the Novus Ordo. I mean, I prefer the old rite. I really do prefer the, uh, the, uh, the ordinary mass. That's my favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's some like issues when it comes to the form uh, of, not, not not the form of the sacrament. Obviously, the, the, the like the liter- like the literology that uh, if that's even a word that's put behind it, like the the skill in composing liturgies, is like the the, the beauty and the flow. It's just like kind of clunky and uh, and awkward, you know. But again, that's just kind of nitpicking. I'm I'm not one to to be like Meluther mass, like get out of here, my Freemason mass i think I think if we like really kept close to the language of uh Sacra uh, sanctum Concilium I don't think it would be uh any anybody would get too too upset about the reforms but i, I think like the the revisionism uh, that led to like clunky sort of 70s boomer uh style like uh, like I don't even know what the chant form is like it's 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 so sad it's like like a hippie mass sort of uh, at least in my local Novus Ordo's. Okay, uh, good question. So if it were in schism, they wouldn't have the faculty here confession. So because of the, the law, um, and poll talks about this, because of the law that the sacraments were made for man, not man for the sacraments, uh, the church does supply um, where there is a certain lack which is why she allows um, in, in danger of death to go to schismatic priests without jurisdiction, without the faculties to hear confession. So it'd be supplied those faculties for the good for the good of the faithful. And when it comes to the the people being all big and scary about the the SSPX since they had no jurisdiction, had invalid um, Invalid confessions all these all these years until it was given in the year of mercy. Um, now it would it would have just been um, supplied during that that interregnum. Did he explicitly say schism? I'd be interested to see. Okay, how does the Pope come under church discipline as laid out in Matthew 18? Great question. So uh, if you go to my article about this, you can get the answer. But in short, uh, there would be the gathering of an ecumenical council in order to uh, rebuke him. Um, as as uh, yeah, It would just be a gathering of an ecumenical council to, in order to rebuke him. And then the question of how this can be done is it doesn't do it um, as per se having power over uh, the Pope, but as being uh, what uh, John of St. Thomas calls um, dispositive um, and ministerial. So it's, um, it, it, it's something which is a certain ministry as they have formed the link between the man and the papacy, so they can dissolve the link between the man and the papacy, through this. But yeah, that that's how uh, church discipline would be carried out, uh, as in Matthew eighteen. Yeah, and and uh, Kat, uh, John St Thomas's theory about how exactly a uh, a radical pope would be dealt with is uh, disputed. Uh, but when it comes to how a an erring pope would be rebuked. Uh, yeah it would it would usually be by the the college of cardinals my son's going to bed good night son does he want to come over hi buddy there he is okay yeah, the, everybody's pretty much agreed on how uh, church discipline would happen to to a pope. But the majority opinion is that there would never be a heretical pope, that Christ would not allow that. So really, uh, it's a bit. That that was actually St. Bellarmine's opinion and a lot of the, uh, the people at Vatican I's opinion. But I tend to take the Dominican uh, position of John of St. Thomas and uh, first formulated by Cajetan. Okay, why is confession a matter of jurisdiction so that the priest cannot inherently do it like offer the Eucharist? Okay, so the reason is because when it comes to uh, confession, it that is part of the, the binding and loosing pow, uh, powers of the Church, which were handed to the apostles and their successors. Whereas um, when it comes to Wait, my chair, whereas when it comes to the Eucharist, it's part of the essence of the priesthood. So a, a priest de facto by being priest can offer sacrifice, but the binding and loosing is a judicial function. So it's part of the, um, the judges of the church, which are the bishops, and they can be um, shared with other people, such as the priests. And then in sometimes the church, actually, uh, you had deacons who would, um, who would hear confession. St. Cyprian talks about it. <laughs> opinion on SSPX masses. We were just talking about this. Do you think they are listed even if other options are available? Uh, I I go to one. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, by my position on the matter. Have you taken a look at Summa Contra Gentiles for chapter 76? I think I was I think that's the one uh, where St. Thomas proves the papacy, right? I was just uh, reading that, actually. So don't be too impressed. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Don't be too impressed. I was just reading it earlier today. Uh, I thought you can't have an ecumenical council unless the Pope convenes it. Um, actually, uh, not necessarily. Uh, when it comes to... That and actually, it's spoken of in uh, on in the Roman pontiff, uh, or is it De Ecclesia? I think it's De Ecclesia. I'm probably wrong, but it's actually uh, not necessarily um, that the, the pope doesn't have to directly uh, convene it, he just kind of needs to put a stamp of approval on it. An emperor can uh, call a council. Is Mecca the third Rome as Imam Williamson of the SS, the S Sunni PX, lays out? Bruh. S Sunni PX is in schism with the true Islam established by Muhammad, led by Grand Ayatollah Khamenei, the vicar of Muhammad. So true. Real, not fake at all. Okay. I guess. I should probably go, but I can stay for like five minutes if you guys have any more questions. If you guys just want to assault me with SSPX questions more. Dude, what do I have to do today? You know, in order to in order to debunk you even more, my daily planner is actually the SSPX planner. It's actually pretty good. It's uh <coughs> it's got like a lot of room for each day. Tells you when the uh, the fast days are. Gives you uh, what whatever feast day it is for the day. You can, uh, oh yeah, you yeah, got resolutions for each month. This for September, so trust, bro. I didn't, I did not fill it out. Uh, habits to form, general resolutions. That that is one thing which is very important. As a, as a piece of militant militantomist advice is the reason that I've been able to myself be extremely productive and to get a lot of stuff done is you have to schedule your days. When I was in high school and in college, I would schedule every single minute of my day. I knew what I was doing every single minute of the day. No, uh, just scrolling on Twitter for three hours. No, um, doing random stuff for like an hour or just like sitting there and, and staring out the space. I knew, okay, 935 to 1015. I'm going to be reading this book at this time at this place. That is what I'm going to be doing. And then at that time going to be doing that. And you need that because a lot of us struggle with fortitude, struggle with discipline. So we need to um, it really as a penitential act sort of, um, and it really, more of an ascetical act. Uh, uh, try to remove all distractions and uh, build our discipline towards seeking the good, even if it's difficult. So, that is my militant Thomas advice for today. And with that, I'm going to leave. Remember, become a patron, and goodbye.